Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous, and the fantastic community that surrounds it. Broadcast from the A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 410 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have, as usual, our Head of Health and Safety, that's uh, Commander Aid Levice, Ben Moss Woodward. So, as was commented earlier in the week, yeah, it might actually we might have started the show, but I am actually still writing some show notes. So don't don't peek behind the curtain, everybody. <laughs> um, also, we have our staff liaison officer, Commander Psychit. I genuinely was adding stuff as well. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's a feature, okay? Well, oiled machine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you mean whale oil oil be be hooked? Sure. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we have our apprentice stunt driver, Commander Alec Turner. Two weeks in a row. Here we go. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Yes, we haven't been fired. You haven't been fired yet. Let's so, go. if you wish, you can join us live. I do believe Ben is hanging out in game in open, probably I at late station. I am, and I am. Yeah, you are, and you are. Uh, yeah, and you can you can obviously go and say hello to him uh, and if you can't get in game you can always join us on the Twitch chat channel which you can access through laveradio.com slash live and click on the live chat or not go to twitch.tv slash laveradio or uh, YouTube or Facebook or Twitter we're all on all of them so I think we will um, quickly head around the crew and see what they've been up to and we'll start this week with Psychit. That's me hi um, I have been getting increasingly worried about pains that are happening in my hand um, which is a bit problematic uh, with the pains happen a lot more when I have um, when I'm um, playing with my hotas 
Yeah, you've got to be careful how you say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I've been very, very careful with it. But as you can imagine, that that hampers kind of like things that I do and I like to enjoy, um, and also things that I genuinely my my one source of income it, it hampers it a little bit. So I've been exploring different games and different avenues and different things that I can play. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really done much out of game. Um, out of out of games and stuff, maybe that's part of the problem. We've been binge watching um, old episodes of Taskmaster because it's not something that that we've watched like ever until really recently. So we've right. been we've been like binge watching through the the series of that, and then also. Um, Today was my very first day ever playing Cyberpunk, and I am so happy that I knew nothing about this game. Yeah. Um, it's so good. How, how have you been finding it? So I've got, um, I've, obviously I played like the first four hours today, um, and it's four and a bit hours. So I got to, got to the Cyberpunk splash screen, and I thought that was a really good place to end it. <laughs> and then I was like... Then something else happened and I was like, okay, maybe I have to play a little tiny bit more. Um, <laughs> and then the next thing you realise, you spent exactly. 15 hours in... in no, no, yeah. no, 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 I couldn't because I had to come on this, didn't I? <laughs> oh, sorry, it's happened. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, I, I'm so glad I'm playing it now and not when it came out at launch. Oh, because yes, definitely. I, I, I probably would have the same... Um, the same like negative feelings that some people harbour for Elite Dangerous, yes. um, for for Cyberpunk. But I honestly um, have really enjoyed what I've played so far. It's still a bit janky in places, but oh man, oh man, it was very good. Um, other than that, I've not been doing an awful lot. I did a little bit of CG stuff, unlocked a couple more on for engineers in Elite. <laughs> yeah, but that that's about it. Oh. Right, yeah. I mean, I must admit, um, just to go off topic a little bit for for Cyberpunk, I, I started playing that. I think when it, Patch One Point Five came out, and I must admit, it really did. Um, it really did get its hooks into me. But it was a. It, it was weird because basically, I walked away from it for about I think a week, and that's it. I've never gone back into it. it it's it's just okay. one of those. It's just one of those things where I've got to a certain point. And I'm kind of intimidated by the amount of complexity behind it. And this is ironic coming from, you know, someone who plays Elite. <laughs> that, that, you know, I'm, it's like, oh, God, I mean, I want to have my best character, but I've got no idea which bits to put in where with these seeds. I, yeah, I, 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 love the, I love the things that basically turn you into Wolverine. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, I love, I love those things. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's a, it is a fantastic game now that it's been patched, but um, I'm so glad, and like you, like it, I am so glad I didn't get it at launch. Yeah, I think there's only only so much salt to go around, and yeah. I was I was salty enough mm. about um, the elite. Um, Elite Dangerous Odyssey launch that I'm kind of glad that I didn't I saw everybody getting cyberpunk and being really pissed off at it and I'm really mm-hmm. glad that I, I, I would have spiralled <laughs> let's be honest yeah. uh, and to be honest one of the, the things that's happened with cyberpunk since 1.6 came out is that people have realised actually it's good now and they've all started playing it because the player numbers have gone up through the roof Interesting. That and um, well, it's also a series on Netflix all about cyberpunk. That's which what has reinvigorated. They've reinvigorated a lot of 
um, yeah. a lot of play, a lot of interest in the game. Yeah, I mean to tell you the truth, I'm glad they put another patch on just before that came out. Otherwise, yeah. It would. Mm. Anyway, yes. Enough of of that. We shall move on to um, Alec. Hello. Yeah. I um. <laughs> so I've been plumber's mate all week because we've had these guys in swapping out my central heating system. Right. Uh, and I'm now sitting here in a very cozy, warm house with brand new radiators and a brand new boiler, and I'm tinkering with an app that lets me set heating curves and all sorts of fancy things on the boiler. It's um. It's good, actually. It's been quite fun. I've learned a lot about boilers. and um, Just in the, time to switch it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. God, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's cost me many, many, many GTX 3080s, which I would have much rather spent the money on, but I mm. I suppose it's the right thing to do. We'll see. <laughs> uh, responsibility. No. Uh, see, all you need to, if you buy three or four GTX 3080s, they'll heat the room up for you. Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? Dad, and you could use them to Bitcoin mine while you do it. <laughs> but, Actually, yeah. that's gone out of the market now, but yeah. yeah I, do have lots of, um, I do have lots of well-laid pipe now, and everyone, I'm sure everyone here likes a bit of well-laid pipe. Don't we all? Well, there you go. And then in-game, what have I been doing in-game? I actually... Um, <laughs> I've, I've been mostly in spreadsheets, adding up people's buckyball scores. I expect we'll come on to that. And I've been doing a little bit in the CG. I dipped into um, I dipped into the CG just to hit seventy five percent in the two. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, well, we'll jump over to Ben because I know that that's what he's been up to as well. Yeah, as Collins said, I've been I've been doing the CG. Uh, last time I checked, I was in the top twenty five percent for haulage and seventy five percent for the other thing. Um, Oh, for for pew pew stuff. That's the word, isn't it? That's the one. Um, and that was fun. I've also done a little spot of trying to get materials and things like that to to do this engineer grindy thing, um, which yeah, I, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed quietly wandering around a base, killing people and not getting done for it. <laughs> and not failing mis- and not failing missions because oh you've been killed you you've been spotted and now we're going to have to kill everybody and then you failed your mission and then you fail your mission because you've been seen or something stupid like that it's like so you know i've enjoyed actually doing it just slowly methodically but not as part of a mission which is kind of weird yeah. um and then of course last night i was doing it with one of your mates who decided you know i'll cover you ben <laughs> and then he runs off up the stairs and lets me get shot in the back while I'm downloading some data. But, you know, I'm not bitter about that at all. No, no, you never mentioned um, it at no, all last no, night no, when no. I finally caught up with you. No, no, no. no. Um, what else have I been up to? Uh, oh, the other thing I've been up to is... I've um, So, I've been... I think Did I mention last week that I got Babylon 5 on, yes. on Prime? So, yeah, I've been watching lots and lots of Babylon 5... Uh, I'm t- coming towards the end of season one. Um, I did miss TKO and the. Oh, uh, there's two episodes I missed. The, there's one with the egg and stuff like that, which did my head in, and yep. TKO, which also did my head in. 
Um, I thought well, yeah. not as much as the, as the egg one. Babylon um, 5 in that first series, season is so hit and miss because you have one of the best episodes in the entire most series. Of, most of it is very, very good. Mm. Yeah, you get the, one of the best episodes, Sign of Importance, and then it's followed yes. immediately by TKO. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, I mean, you, you've got Sign of Importance, which is a great episode. You've got Voice in the Wilderness, which is a great double-parter. You've got... Is it Babylon... The, the one where Babylon 4 comes back. Yeah, that's Babylon which is, Square. Is that, that is Babylon Square, I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um, you know, spoiler alert, inc- actually. <laughs> Well, that, yeah, so, spoiler alert for a 20-year-old show. 15-year-old um, More than 15-year-old, mate. Oh, God, it's 25, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, so, there's lots of stuff like that I've been really enjoying. Um, yeah. Did you get involved last week with uh, JMS asking for people to post stuff on Twitter? I, so I, 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 did some, I did some retweets and things like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because basically um, so yeah, they've got yeah, they've got a new well, they've got some. He's doing something. I don't know if he's. If, I don't know if we know what he's doing. Oh um, no, it's all it's all shot and ready to go. The, well, they need to put the the side. The, the no, they've, they've got something. They've got something shot and ready to go. They've got other things not shot. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see. Um, I watched the Dart Mission last night. That was fun. Oh yeah. Um. And I think that's really about it for me. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's have a look. Well, uh, on Saturday, I well last week I completely finished my final ever run through of Mass Effect. So basically, that's it. I was done. I was in absolute bits at the end of it, uh, as as you would be. Uh, and then uh, basically decided, right, that's it. Mass Effect's done with. I am now going to decide I'm going to go on the engineering grind for uh, Elite Odyssey on foot. Uh, so that's what I started doing on Saturday. <laughs> um, so far, after about eight hours of playing over the weekend, I managed to upgrade one laser rifle to level three. <laughs> and I've got a lot more long way to go. Um but the ironic thing about this is I'm not sick of the grind. I actually found that eight hours to be thoroughly enjoyable. It's just I got a little frustrated with the progress. Which, uh, yeah, that was um, that was a pain. Uh, and um, uh, apart from that, it was, you know, it, life as usual. So, uh, yeah, I've obviously joined in our, our game session last night and uh, just got a, a load of abuse about not covering someone when I wasn't even there. Go figure. So, um, let's have a look at the development news. What have the devs said this week? Well, obviously last week there was Frameshift Live number 17. Uh, here everybody went over the, the latest news um, we had Sally and Bruce presenting the show uh, and we had a guest uh, it was Darren again uh, where he was answering uh, a lot of questions put forward on the forums about locations uh, I'll, I'll start with um, Saike, I mean were there any highlights to that um, Frameshift Live for you? Yes um, I, I, 
I could literally listen to Darren talk for hours upon end. I think he's um, his um, his passion really comes comes across. But my favorite, 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 favorite bit of it was um, Sally saying that she didn't like Ashling. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why that would be. Because she's a wrong un. <laughs> yes. Um... Yeah, Darren went into a great deal of detail about how the uh, the locations in Odyssey are actually placed on a planet. I thought that was incredibly interesting, especially the bit about the fact that um, agricultural base. They go into the detail that agricultural bases um, can't be on the dark side of a landlocked of, of a tidally locked planet. So you will never get a. Uh, agricultural base, which is totally in darkness. And I must admit, I had never occurred to me that that kind of thing would be um, important. And then, yeah, it it just made perfect sense. You need sunlight to grow plants. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it was good. I like that bit. The, um, the only thing for me that was a slight downer, and then I actually contacted Darren, and he was kind enough to, to, to answer on the forums, was um, he was talking at one point about the fact that the Odyssey settlements are never any closer to each other than 220 kilometers, I think it was. Okay. And I found, I found that kind of disappointing. So in, um, in Operation Hot Mess, we've, I, I've kind of put a call out for um, anyone that finds anything interesting, any you know amazing bases that are halfway up a mountain or bases that are close to each other that we could race SRVs between to sort of report back to me. Yeah, and we've had a few kind of two hundred and sixty kilometer, two fifty those kind of distances. Um, in Horizons, we have certainly on Wasat, we have these two fantastic bases that are fifty kilometers apart. And it's probably one of our most popular sort of, you know, SRV racing locations. You just race between the two bases. It takes maybe, you know, 20 minutes or it's it's brilliant. And the fact that Horizons has got these built-in rules, um, I found a bit disappointing because I think the outliers are, the, are where the fun is often. Yeah. But I did contact Darren and it turns out it only applies to settlements, not to the Horizons-style Planetary ports. So, yes, yeah, so the, the planetary ports and horizons outposts, those can still be, uh, those can still be within what, 50k? So, you've, you've, who knows? You've I mean, yeah, we, well, we're still looking for close bases in Her- Odyssey, but at least from what Darren said, there is hope that we might find some. That's a big search. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the one thing that's not covered in, in EDDB. Well, I mean, that's the one reason I put the call out to Operation Hot Mess, because it's a unique opportunity to get eyes on every single station in the galaxy. So, yeah, anyone find anything interesting when they're doing Hot Mess, let me know. There's a prize. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ben, did you catch the uh, live stream? Was, do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I caught it. Um, I enjoyed it. It was nice seeing some of the stuff that Darren was saying. It was interesting to hear how invo- how involved he was in some of the decisions for the artwork and things like that. Mm-hmm. And how, but 
what he was saying goes up against one of my pet peeves in, Od- in Odyssey. So I probably just leave it there. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> we will <laughs> diplomatically move on from there then. Um, yeah. The well, the whole of the Frameshift Live uh, uh, format it does seem to be working at the moment. Uh, are they are they hoping to have any more devs on for the next couple? I, they haven't. They haven't said anything yet. I don't think, but it it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if they have someone else on in the in the, on the next one. Yeah, I think where this these things actually work is when they bring in the development staff because they're able to add a little more depth to some of the uh, the decisions that some people scratch their heads over over. But then once they're explained or once you understand the reasoning behind it it suddenly becomes a lot clearer. I mean, I'm certainly thinking about the the scatter effect on the uh, uh, on the Scorpion, for instance. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, think, I think they're great. I love the new format of the show. And uh, I, I have to say, I, uh, this person will remain entirely nameless, but um, it did make me chuckle that um, somebody commented, I think it might have been on the, the video or something of the, you know, the restream, that... Um, they were a bit bored of these devs talking and when when was it going to go back to them playing the game again? And I was thinking, oh God, God. They, really, they really can't win, can they? They play the game and everyone screams week after week, when are you going to get some devs on? And then they get some devs on and there's people going, when are you going to go back to play the game? Oh, <laughs> like, Yeah, go on. Go on I'm just, like, with the best will in the world, I, and God love them, um, I, I I love those humans to pieces. Um, I've been 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 chatting to like on different occasions. I've had lots of really nice positive interactions with a lot of them. But there are a lot of elite dangerous streamers out there who are playing the game an awful lot better than they do. I'm yeah. not including myself in <laughs> yeah, this, but yeah. really, like there are an awful lot of elite dangerous streamers who are um, playing the game. If you need to get your fix of watching somebody else play elite dangerous, it you're, is there. <laughs> you're dead right. That's are a you... really good point, actually. What, what watching with with the best will in the world, watching the CMs play, is not the most enlightening elite dangerous no. experience. <laughs> no. It, it, are you sure this? Person wasn't being sarcastic. It's hard to tell, isn't it? I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> I mean, Elvis Kremen in the chat has said that they've had enough news and content to fill two-hour slots for the last couple of months yeah. without showing any actual gameplay. Personally, I prefer it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, let's be honest, we all, unless they're actually going to do tutorials about certain difficult things that they'd like us to try out. I, I don't think there's there's much point of them actually showing a, showing them play the game because no, it's complete it filler, isn't it? It's complete yeah. filler, and unless they're doing something like their stunt show or you know where it's organised, oh, yeah, and, that, but, that kind of things. Those are great, but if, if they're all doing an organised trip out to the the barn, uh, barnacle sites or or uh, various areas, then uh, yeah, it's it's certainly worth a try there. Um, right, well. Moving on from there, we had the Discovery Scanner, which came out on the 26th or 6th of September. This was um, basically put out by Sally. And um, the first thing that they said is that, yes, these things are going to be a lot shorter for the moment because we are all working hard on update 14 later, uh, which is targeted for November. Obviously, we haven't had anything further than that, so we're looking about 
How long do you reckon? Just off the off the top of your head, guys. I mean, I'm reckoning six weeks from now. So, you know, probably second week in November. What about you guys? Anybody want to take a, a wild stab in the dark? It's October next week. Yeah. When did that happen? Um, I what blinked the fuck? <laughs> six weeks. Yeah, I'll go with six weeks. Yeah, I, I think so. Safe like, bet, isn't it? Yeah, some kind of big Halloween event, you know, or something in Halloween that ties very hard mm-hmm. into the story on current stuff that is um, that is there and um, based on current information. Maybe, dare I say, a new cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe, dare I say, a new cinematic. And then, like, um, a couple of weeks after that, or maybe even the following week, hey, we hear you like updates here have an update yeah <laughs> so yeah, november, yeah i think you guys were right with the with mid-november sounds right yeah because you know that would that would give enough time for whatever the update is to to kick off and then basically hopefully it will keep us all busy until after christmas a minute we're all pussyfooting around here let me november the 17th that's that's when you reckon yep okay Okay, we'll take that, Alec. We'll uh, we'll put that uh, pin our colours to the mast on. Ooh, shall we do a proper sweep? Shall we do a proper sweepstake? We're not going to give away anything, but let's let's put um, pins in a board. Um, I'll get it all organised at some point next week. We'll put pins in a board. There'll be a Google form that you can fill in, and we will we'll announce the winners when we know. Brilliant! <laughs> like genuinely, I am going to do this. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just give you a shout-out. I'm afraid there'll be nothing else but apart from a, a leave radio shout-out on the show, I think. We don't stretch to buckyball beer mats on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, do, I don't know if we... I don't we don't even have a mug. No, we don't have a mug anymore. No. I've got a tankard here, sat in front of me, a big glass leave radio tankard. Yeah, those are all... Those have all gone. Uh, I, I think. Um, anyway, according... Uh, uh, yeah, so the, they've basically said that November is the, the November update is the reason why they're all uh, the the discovery scanner and and some of the communication is a bit slim pickings at the moment. And yeah, it it basically was there was just a, the Galnet news roundup, which um, let, can I just say that the the Frontier Galnet news roundup seems to be even more sarcastic. Than... It was brilliant. This week's one was just brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm used to a nice bit of healthy scepticism from um, uh, the Galnet News Digest, but this one's full on. Full bit as proud, I think. Yeah, he, he, he did good there. Yeah, you could almost hear the eye rolls. If 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 he could type the subtext of rolling your eyes while, <laughs> while typing, that's basically how you do it. Um, obviously, they have the community events uh, spotlight, which we'll, we will cover later. And uh, Orange Phoenix of the SPVFA was a featured commander. The, I, th- I think they brought back the featured commander thing, which uh, they do sometimes, which was, was, uh, was quite sort nice. Sort of. I, it's a bit odd because it's just a... I mean, it used to be a forum post, didn't it? With a little bit of a and a as I seem to recall. But um, Yeah. Um, I think we had one. 
Live Radio as a whole, not me, not us individually. No, I can't help <laughs> noticing that Orange Phoenix is is pictured taking a selfie as he gets ready to take part in our race, but um, no submission from him yet. Ah, Come on, Orange Phoenix, we're waiting for your submission. Alec, you watched me do mine, and I still haven't submitted anything. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, that covers the the discovery scanner. Um, yeah, so I think we're going to see rather slim pickings from. Uh, this uh, the discovery scanner uh, until basically update fourteen is is ready to to rock and roll. So the actual in game events which have been happening this week, well, um, on the twenty first of September there were a whole load of demands for Azimuth to face justice. Um, on the twenty second of September, um, your favourite blue haired princess um, has decided that she's requesting rare items to fund some charity events, uh, while also hiring a whole lot of bounty hunters to make sure that those supplies get through. Um, yep, yeah, so uh, the rewards are some fantastic paint jobs, which is why we have some people really going for it. Ben. <laughs> Not that you're a fan. Ben, of ben, ben, ben what, sorry? Uh, I, I just realised Darren's here uh, in, in chat, and so I'm just saying hi to Darren, sorry. Oh, I retract well, everything I said about being disappointed by all these settlements. And I, I retract. Well, yeah, Darren, <laughs> if you want, PM me about some of the things that I feel disappointed about. <laughs> I feel really embarrassed now. Uh, it was a joke. <laughs> no, it wasn't a joke. I, 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 I. Okay, you guys all know how I feel about zero G and litter on the floor. Oh, yeah. You guys all know You're that. Not and, You're not you know, and you know, I love that Darren was saying how much they were looking into all the all the different pieces and bits. And then you got zero G and litter on the floor, and I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you go over there and talk. But I still to love you, Darren, and I still want. Uh, I, I, uh, if we can get some some confetti cannons and things like that, that would all be awesome. Yeah, but you really need to talk to the Hutton Orbital Truckers because they have come up with uh, a solution for almost every single quibble mm-hmm. <laughs> that you've got with that. Massive <laughs> fans. A wizard did it. Do you, happen, do you happen to know the pizza box ones? Are they made of metal or full of lead or something? Or... <laughs> Actually, full of lead wouldn't make any difference, would it? Still zero G. <laughs> yeah, what's happening? Um... Feathers are attached. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we've got mag, Magna Pizza Boxes, that's what we've got. <laughs> Magna Pants and Magna Pizza Boxes. Actually, it would make sense, yeah. because you don't want your pizza box floating off the table, so yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe they're just... A, Magna magnetic. Beer! Yeah, Magna Beer, it's a all thing. Food, all, all food <laughs> packaging is magnetic in the 34th century. <laughs> Lovely. Well, um, just the thought of that heavy diet has just put me off, but moving on... <laughs> The Alliance Sirius Pact has now preparing a new task force. So basically, after they did sod all in the HIP 22460, uh, they've now decided to start actually moving. So um, expect more fun from the Alliance Sirius Pact going forwards. Um, the deep space anomalies have generated general discussion on the 23rd of September. And uh, it's funny you should mention them. Because the um, these deep space anomalies, according to down to earth astronomy, and having looked at uh, the Canon website, there seems to be some debate that the all three of them 
seemed to cross paths with Saul at one point. Now, this this seems to be. Um, some people have said, no, no, it's, it's HIP 22460. But down to earth astronomy is convinced it's Saul. Um, Alec. Deep Space Anomalies, referred to by many names, most popular of which is The Anomalies. Really? I mean, yeah. really? The Tharg Star, the Goids, which, which, which ones do you prefer? Has anyone ever heard one? anyone in the community call them The Anomalies? No. Space nope, butthole. Me neither. Still Space Butthole. It's not a space oh. butthole. Did, did you appreciate my, my tweet? Did you appreciate my tweet to you about the skeleton one today? I, 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 Ben, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Skeletons can have bottles. Don't put me on the spot with saying, did you see that I added you in something? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I went off and made that specifically for you and you've not watched it. Well, I will go and look for it in a minute then. Oh, mm. Well, I, I'm putting my foot down now, and my my lip is pointing out. <laughs> my boggles. Um, yeah, so the star, there, there is some debate about um, where the star guide, the star guides are actually headed. Um, there's a lot of the community seem to think it's heading straight for Sol, uh, and they will all arrive around the same time in November. That's a bit of a coincidence. Anyway. Um, on the subject of the Federation, um, the Federation have decided to crack down on the Thargoid worshippers. That's right. Um, we we could have, oh, I don't know, a CG, a eh? psychic, maybe? I mean, I mean, it's almost like you could see it coming a mile off. <laughs> I, I was very surprised. I, I must admit, I was very, very surprised that it wasn't last Thursday CG, but obviously Ashley had to bustle her way in and make herself really, really known at that point. But we've had two weeks of um, whose side are you on? The Far God Court or um, uh, uh, Federation? I think it's, I think it's going to be quite interesting. If it's, if it's straight up, um, no, no alternative offers, anything along those lines. If there's no rewards other than money, I think it's going to be um, going to be really, really interesting. Um, I think it might be quite close. Um, that said, if the Far Good Court offer what offer up one of their little decals, that little triangle with the um, with the Thargoid symbol in it, oh my god, I'm ger- I'm signing the Far Gods. What? What? You know the you know the little the little symbol on all of the um all of the far god information um on any of their tweets and think on um, frontiers tweets there's a this this image that they've got with it which is like a a, a thargoid vector image some moon phases around it and then a triangle in the background and it's really nice it's a really nice image it's a lot nicer than um the azimuth um azimuth biotech or the salvation images it's a quite a quite a nice logo and i'm um really hurt by what darren just said in chat and please don't take away my corvettes <laughs> um <laughs> Why? Oh, what? What about if you could get, like, you know, say, a decal with the the Thargoid cult stuff, or a paint job for your Corvette? 
Uh, I, I buy paint jobs for my Corvette, a uh, ship kit for my Corvette. Now we're talking. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think I, I've seen the predominant amount of people that I've seen have said, oh, it's quite interesting, um, but they think they'd side with the Far God against the, um, against the Federation. Wow. You guys, you guys know me. I'm against the Federation, pretty much regardless of who they're up against. So, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, and, and also me being a, bug, a, you're a bug lover. Oh, anyway. also me being a bug lover, I'd be in favour of the Thargoid cut anyway. But, um, but you know, especially if they get against the Federation, then yeah, just yeah, bye bye, guys. Yeah, as I say, I think it's going to be quite interesting. I think um, I think it will be closer than a lot of people who are who have decided that they're one side or the other think. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, uh, I must admit, I am. Uh, I will probably. Oh, actually, no, I'm not going to be able to play Elite Dangerous this weekend. But I know which side I'd be on. So uh, yeah. Um, mm. Right. Well, we will take a short I break. think Alec had something that he might well, want to say. Oh, it, yes, it, was, it was just about rewards, really. I was just thinking, well, I was going to say um, the Federation's this ma- massive, you know, uh, um, thing. So clearly they can afford to give wonderful rewards and the Fire Gods are a bunch of nutters, so they probably can't give any rewards. But then Psychic completely trumped that by coming up with a decal, which actually I'd much prefer to anything mm-hmm. fancy that the Fed's come up with. So um, I hope they don't do any rewards. Darren, please don't do any rewards. Let's see how this plays out. I really want yeah, to know I, how, I, it, how it plays out without any biasing. But I'm, I'm with you. I'd rather have it as an honest race. Yeah, it'd be fascinating. <laughs> no problem. Um, right, okay. I think we will uh, just check because it's that time of the week. Score a lot! Because we've got some really pretty um, skins to sh- uh, to show everybody. Uh, for those of you that like the uh, the orca, there is the expressway paint job, which, to tell you the truth, well, the orcas are absolutely fantastic um, looking ship in my opinion, anyway. But um, these skins, they make them look fantastic. Uh, is anybody else tempted? Because I know I am. Love the um, loving the galvanized um, scorpions. Well, we're kind of going to come on to that yet, but we're sorry, just yes, I didn't realize I've just jumped the gun there. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the orca first. Nothing. No galvanized scorpions. 
<laughs> not yet anyway um, so yeah I, I do know that our psycho cow if he was still playing he would love those so. he does still play he's been playing really recently um, yeah but he's not flying his ship he's shooting things just like everybody else is on the ground uh, but yes um, psycho cow was was Notorious for just flying about in an orca because no one else did. <laughs> anyway, um, they've, so we've got Red, we've got the uh, the Venture, the Wanderer, the Wayfarer, the Passage, the Journey, and the Voyage skins, which all look to me absolutely. Fun. I think I'll, I think I might splash out for the Venture actually. Um, but as Alec already spoiled. Um, they weren't the only, <laughs> the only ones that weren't um, uh, released this week. We also had the Scorpion Galvanized skins, which come in platinum. Oh, I'm not quite, I'm not even attempt that one. Um, copper, cobalt, uh, bronze, bra- and brass. Um, now, Ben, have you already bought one? Haven't you? Uh-oh. This one, I'm, I'm actually, I'm slightly, I was very, very tempted to get the galvanized copper one, I think it was. Um, but, because in the light and the, the screenshot, it looks absolutely delicious. Yeah. Um, but then I went off and I, I, I also got it in, I, I was literally sort of sitting in my hangar, going through, thinking, shall I get this? Is it, you know, I quite like that. And... Then I realised, yeah, you know, I've already got the Stygian purple one. So it's like this metallic purple skin for my scorpion. And I'm like, okay, I like I like the copper, but it doesn't look quite so good in the flesh, at least in the hangar. And I love the Stygian purple. Yeah, the Stygian like, purple's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, it's it's. I, I might. I, I want to see if we get any more weapon skins. To be honest, fair enough. Um, anybody else? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I get you. I, ha- I have. I have a little bit of a comment. It's not platinum. It's palladium, and that one you couldn't pronounce with malachite. But um, you. all you're welcome. But also, um, they are. They just. Des- if I'm not very much mistaken, they're designed to be. Um, <laughs> Devi- designed to be a little bit more muted, are they not? Um, rather than um, shiny, rather than the shiny things. I will wait until Christmas. I think. Yeah, I am actually tempted with the Palladium if I had the arcs. Oh, yeah. Mind you, I've just been paid. <laughs> These in the sale, or is the sale over? I think the sale's over. Well, never mind. Mm. No, uh, they wouldn't be in the sale anyway because they're the new ones. They don't I put the new ones on the sale. No, it's true, is it? So, yeah. But, yeah. The, so, you're quite right. Palladium, not platinum. Duh. No wonder I'm not making the, the money that I thought I was. You've been mining palladium all this time. <laughs> <laughs> and Darren saying he listens to Venga Boys when he's, listen- when he's driving his Scorpion. Who doesn't? Well... Uh, well, I was doing that. Oh, <laughs> I, I was having fun with your scorpion and the 
the rocket launcher against <laughs> um, the other day. That that was quite a lot of fun. Can I yeah, just point that- out that Psychic is now the only person who hasn't yet insulted Darren. So if you want to come up with something Psychic <laughs> in the next hour or so, that'd be good. <laughs> that's old news to me. <laughs> <laughs> All I said was sort of the uh, look. I am not a fan of the Venger Boys. That's all I implied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, you see, if I do, if I do insult him, he'll take away all of my Corvettes, and I'm scared. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, uh, You've not seen that they have the ski. Your, your Corvettes have actually they've gone up as a, as a reward for the for the CG anyway. I believe. <laughs> oh yeah. God. I've, Little big in suggesting a Vengabus paint job. I'm down. No. <laughs> as, long as, as long as the booth noise is like, I've got something to tell you. <laughs> I don't know why it went from there or not. The Vengabus is coming, because that would make more sense. <laughs> it would make so much more sense. <laughs> oh, that's wrong. And it has to be on an orca or something. <laughs> that's just wrong. <laughs> it would be absolutely hilarious. God, probably copyright infringeable, but you know, maybe, maybe you could get away with under parody. Maybe reach out, see what they say. <laughs> I could be Venk Boys would be quite pleased to get some kind of uh-huh. some kind of recognition these days. Yeah, uh, non-purchasable Venga Bus paint job exclusively for tourist NPCs. He says. <laughs> so you're going for the double down now, are we? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I must admit. Uh, on Monday night it was the first night that me and Ben actually teamed up in the uh, the Scorpion, and let me just say the inside of it is rather snug. <laughs> it's, yeah, you've got to be good friends. Yes. Um, so <laughs> moving on from there, I think we're going to take a a bit of a break, and then we'll come back with our main discussion. You've flown ships at max speed. You've felt the power of the 30 megawatt mining laser. You've experienced the efficiency of the MB4 mining machine. Wow. But it leaves every hardcore miner with just one question. Why can't I get a shave that's that fast, close and efficient? Introducing the Saracen MB5 shaving drone. It's so smooth. Combining the power of a mining laser with the convenience of a drone. It's like every hair is targeted by a fighter and destroyed. Saracen's patented shaving drone attaches to your face at the start of the day. Leave it to do its work, and when you come back to check, your face is shaved. He's so smooth. It's like I'm mining my face. The Saracen MB5 shaving drone. Now I feel manly. Saracen Shaving. Making shaving an unnecessary adventure. This is Commander Pitstarter, and you are listening to Lave Radio. Your ship is a miracle of engineering. Capable of handling the most intense situations. But with no sound in a vacuum, how do you keep up with your ship? Introducing Simulated Sound, where your ship recreates the sound of battle so no vital signal is lost to the vacuum. But wait! Why be stuck with the sounds of death and destruction? We offer alternative sound effects for all encounters. Activating cargo dump. (laughs) 
Change the sound of battle with our choice of audio packs. Why not feel sexy in battle? Installing sound pack. Or go for a cute farmyard scene. Or even our classy stress reliever. Impact in five, four, three, two, one. New Stroudbury sound packs, changing the sound of battle. You've listened to four hundred episodes of Lave Radio. Why? From the makers of the MB5 shaving drone comes the latest impersonal grooming technology. Here at Saracen, we've heard your request loud and clear. You want something new. Applying all the recent technological advances. Introducing the Panther Clipper. Gone are the days of your unruly body hair making you look like a bedraggled alpaca. The Panther Clipper is the biggest, baddest shaver credits can buy. A shave so smooth it'll shave 10 milliseconds off your buckyball time. The new Panther Clipper from Saracen. It's exactly what you've been asking for. Oh, um, welcome back. I'm sorry, but I did realise that would have an alpaca in it. That is amazing! Oh, I love it. Uh, I'm sorry, that's just thrown me completely right at the end. But uh, um, uh, so, what the hell's I got no idea. But it's probably an alpaca running away. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> anyway, um, as someone uh, on the forums have pointed out, actually, it's now four years since we had last had a new ship appear on the uh, uh, in the space. Um, so one of the things we uh, we were asking this week was, you know, um, anybody got any ideas for a main topic? Because there was a, a gag last night, last week, that basically we were making it up as we were going along. Right. Not that it ever happens on the show. Um, but they, they, a couple of suggestions were made, so we can we can use them for future shows. But one of the ones that intrigued me, and especially because there's a, a a massive thread in the forums about it at the moment. Um, obviously, four years since the last uh, ship was released, which I think was the Crate Mark II. Uh, so what I thought we'd do is we could look over all the old ship designs and see if any of them are relevant or whether or not, you know, there's no point putting them in because that area of the game was completely covered. Um, now, it'd be quite interesting to see, because Psykit's not, uh, wasn't, well, alive at the time of the first game. I mean, I was alive during the first game's playing through, but um, I couldn't really um, roll over or stand or walk or have conversations. So using a computer might have been slightly tricky at that time. You could have just rolled over the keyboard, I mean, like any modern gamer. I mean, that would that would work out. That's about my normal play yeah. style, so we're good. So it's the same as now, but without the gin. But Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it would be interesting because we'll, we'll be able to go through most of these um, these uh, ships like it. Now, you probably won't have heard of half of them, but what I'll do is I'll give you a quick um, description of what the what the 
ship did in the old game and you tell us whether or not um, you think uh, there's space for it in the game or whether you think it's got a, you know, a proper role. Does that... Am I making sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Good. And of I course... Know, the- I know, like, what rules that I... What roles I'd like to see filled by that that personally I feel are um, are missing mm-hmm. um, or like are not necessarily missing but are lacking. So I think that might be it. Would be quite interesting to see if any of those ships and, fill that or like if, if there's Darren, another thing. And Darren can just make us feel so old right now. Darren's a little baby. He was born between Elite Two and First Encounters. So just, most most Frontier staffers are, are babies compared to us. Jeez. I, oh, God. Yeah. Thanks, Darren. I, I know that I'm heading <laughs> towards the grave soon. Thank you. Anyway, gee, bad is my son telling me that I'm old. <laughs> did you see in the pre-show we were like oh my god you guys are all still here i don't think you're alive um who said that uh, oh i'm not um, i'm exaggerating slightly for for effect but um oh are it uh that's 20 um last week um Right. Okay. We'll move, we'll quickly move yeah. this on then, because uh, yeah, it was, pe- it was people. It was Stu who was saying that's what it was. Uh, Stu uh, Stu Barbs was like, "Oh, you guys are still here." Um, what the cheek? Still the cheek? Yeah. Anyway, shall we? Shall we start? Right. There is to begin with. This is an old food classic from uh, the first game, the boa. Now, what the boa is is a uh, is a Massive cargo ship. It's actually, it's bigger than the Anaconda. Um, however, not as manoeuvrable. Uh, but I don't think it's as it's bigger than the T nine. Now, uh, it, it's it is it will it was one of the favourite um, ships to pirate in the original game. So, Ben, would you want to see the boa back in the sh- in the? In the game, or do you think it's rules? I can, s- I can see a point for a shit handling, shit weapons and armor, but a lot of cargo space. And by a lot, I mean more than a T9. You right. give it a, maybe, maybe give it a pop gun and some kind of pants, frame shift drive. Things like that, but for local bulk hauling, like local within say ten to fifteen light year range bulk hauling, it just owns. I can I can see something like that. Okay, uh, fair enough. Alec, do you do you remember the Boa? You know, I sort of don't. Um, and I'm just going to preface this whole section by saying one thing, which is personally, I think the roles have have kind of been filled. There's quite a good spread in Elite Dangerous now, and I suspect that's why Frontier haven't, or are struggling mm. maybe to come up with new ships, because everyone's obsessed with trying to find a, a slot for a new ship. Mm. And I am now of the opinion, sod that, just do new ships that look different. So I, I'm more about the aesthetics now. I, I think I think the role's filled, but just come up with more ships. It doesn't. They don't need to fill a role. Stop obsessing about the role. Do you know what I mean? Just, just to have ships that look different, asymmetric ships, long, thin ships, tall, thin ships. 
lots of <laughs> lovely different ships. So I'm more interested in what the boa looks like. Uh, well, think the anaconda, but pointier and bigger. Lovely, uh, yeah. That, that, that's what it used to be. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, <laughs> Darren said, uh, new ship idea, the bulldog, very heavy and can't pitch up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry for bulldogs. I really do. Poor things. Anyway. Uh, well, animals. Yeah, one thing I want to actually say about the majority of this list Yes. You know, back in my day, the only ship we had access to was the Cobra. Yes. You know, so these are all Frontier ships, which you know, I, well, you know, Frontier was out when I was at university and was more interested in things like girls and nightclubs. Um, so I don't know a lot of these ships apart from through reputation, unfortunately. Well, you'll know the next one at least um, the Cobra Mark One. The Cobra Mark One. Yes. Personally, yeah. I wouldn't want to see this in the game at all. I really okay, wouldn't. I wouldn't want to see this, but I wouldn't say no to having a access to a ship where I can shoot behind me and to the left and to the right. Well, you mean the old school... Um, yeah. Fixed hard points pointing left and right. Yeah. Okay. Well, left, uh, right and behind. That would be different i mean we do have um commander jameson's cobra in there which is which i think is fantastic mm. which is, oh, I, lo- I love seeing that that's cool yeah which and uh, it's a different uh, model yeah because unlike the um our cobras that are in the game at the moment the, it's got a single large hard point at the front which does kind of line up to with what was in the game at the time uh I don't know whether or not it's still considered a Cobra Mark Three, or you could call that the Cobra Mark One. I don't know. But the psychic had an opinion on the bow, by the way. Oh, I am. I do. Wait, wait, well, you in- we did. You did introduce it as saying, "Let's let's t- introduce these old ships to psychic and see what she feels," and then didn't even ask me what I felt about oh, it. I which am- I thought was very funny. <laughs> so sorry, Ben distracted me. Psychic, please unleash about the boa. So, like, obviously, when you're talking about these ships, I'm also looking them up um, in, like, the old wiki because, obviously, it would be um, remiss of me to not make have an opinion without doing a little bit of research as well at the same time. Um, The Boa Classic, um, according to the the old Alioth wiki, says that although marginally smaller than the Python, which it superseded, the Boa has a greater cargo capacity. I always assumed that the Boa was really long and thin. Um, Like, really long and thin, more so than the wireframe um, looks like um, on here. So... um, I'm yeah, kind of with Alec as looking for aesthetics rather than rather than completely filling a role. Yeah. But if they could take the bow and make it something different, or I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like it needs that. We we need a bow in the current game. Yeah, I mean that's that's um, pretty much how I was feeling about about that. How about the Cobra Mark One? <laughs> What was that? What was that for? What was the well, what was the reasons in that oh, combat Cobra trader? Mark One? Yeah, I'd say the Cobra Mark One would be the OG Cobra that we had in Elite Eighty Four. Yeah, no, that Is was that... still the Cobra Mark Three. It was called the Cobra. Oh Mark yeah, 3. of course, yes, 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 yes. The Cobra Mark One was basically the precursor to it, and it was less maneuverable. Didn't have enough 
uh, cargo space and, and basically fell apart after about five shots. But so what it was, was the difference between that and the Sidewinder? Um, this, it could carry more cargo than the Sidewinder. So like an intermediary between yeah. a Sidewinder and a Cobra Mark III. No, we don't need that. Yeah, I, I, I think you're quite right there. Alec? I was going to say no, because we don't need variants, because there's enough ships to pick from without variants. But I did suddenly have a funny thought. I was picturing the Cobra Mark One as a bit like a, I don't know, a Ford Escort Mark One. Like, <laughs> they're old and they're falling apart these days. Like proper boxy as well. Like well, yeah. boxy. I was thinking it would be quite funny if you got sent to prison and what, instead of being able to call a taxi, what happened was they had loner Cobra Mark 1s that you could use to fly back to where your ship was. Or even orange sidewinders that you had to do uh, as bull service in. I mean, yeah. Oh, well, why, why not some adders for Colin? Just, you just shut up. Just, that's it. That's enough. Do you go uh, wash your mouth out with soap and water? Um... Well, the next on the list, and this is this is a rather unique ship because it had a special place in my heart anyway, was the Constrictor. Now, this thing was basically designed by organised crime fa- uh, family, and it was obviously the first um, special mission that you got in the original game because the original game had these... Uh, special missions that would suddenly appear once you got further into it. Uh, but the one common special mission across all of the games was the this Constrictor. Um, now, it's quite manoeuvrable, and it uh, is relatively well-armed. It's probably like an Asp's Explorer's bigger brother. Um, what do you reckon to the Constrictor, if you remember it, Ben? I don't remember it. Um, and from the description, I don't think I need it. Okay. Was it a large uh, ship? It wasn't. It was slightly bigger than, like I said, it was slightly bigger than the Asp Explorer. <clears throat> <laughs> a lot of people saying it was just like a big dinner plate. <laughs> I quite like the idea that it's um, that it's um, a crime, you know, crime organisation design ship because that screams different aesthetics to me. Yeah. It also screams good smuggler. Mm. Which mm, I, okay. I, I, I could see I yeah I can see a point for a smuggling ship. Um so yeah I mean Yeah. Could so, that have been super in, um superseded then by the Federal Assault ship? Could could that have, could the Federal could the Federal Assault ship have filled that role? Just out of curiosity. Does the Federal Assault ship does that actually is it good at stealth? Because that's actually one thing that we don't have in this game is actually a really good stealth ship. One that doesn't. Well, the stealth all... mechanics are all co- are all cooling stuff, really now, aren't they? Yeah, but you know that um, you still, if you, if you you know if you go into um, silent running, these stealth ships take mm. a lot longer to to overheat than than say your average sidewinder. We don't. I don't think we actually. Do you find we actually use enough of the stealth mechanic? No. No. Yeah. I mean, I know I find it useful when I'm fighting Thargoids, but apart from that, um, I just yeah, I, wish, um, I wish we used it more. Because in the early, you know, when Elite first came out, we got the whole heat signature in the HUD there. It was it was meant to be a really significant mechanic, and it's it's kind of not 
anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, my chosen, or at least you know, my, my nominally chosen role is that of a smuggler. Um, and I, you know, I'm smuggling in an imperial cutter. Yeah, that that does sound a bit much, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it works. It works very well. Um, I've got an image of an elephant tiptoeing in through a door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the only thing I can think of is they like me, and I just you know they it's like who would be smuggling in an imperial cutter? Therefore, we won't scan you. (laughs) Yeah, it's. it's Um, I I think that 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 makes sense to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it does feel that you can smuggle in a teenager. I mean, you could hide your, your contraband within a lot of, um, you know, other le- legitimate cargo, but I suppose that it's more difficult to scan oh, that. Here, you know, I know we're talking about ships and things like that, but instead of ships, how about, uh, you know, what would you say to a module that could hide, you know, could act as a smuggling compartment? So instead of tiring, uh, instead of being a four-ton slot, it's a two-ton slot, but it can't be scanned. Yeah, do you, do you get the feel that Darren is just turning into the the troll? He's just trolling us all. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> there are more stealth ships in the game. It's just you haven't found them yet because they're <laughs> yeah. stealthy. <laughs> yes. Oh, my sides are splitting. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, hold on. I'll, I'll get a needle and thread, and you can sew them back together again. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, Psykit, does the idea of the constructor appeal to you? Um, we got a meh there. I'm not. Um, I'm not. Um, no, not particularly. The um, because I, I feel like there are there are ships that fill that role, as we don't really have a viable stealth mechanic. I will say the module that you were talking about with the um, with the this is the module that hides something. Um, would you not expect it if you're if you've got that module on your ship, the module that hides something? Would you not just automatically paint a target on your back? You know, you go to the shop that says, "I want to sell illegal goods." So why can't you have a module that says, "I want to smuggle things"? Well, that's all well and good, but you've got to be prepared for having lots of pirates after you. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, okay. We're going to leave the constrictor behind. Because I, I think that so far we've had three ships suggested, three thumbs down, I think, is the, is the best way to look at it. <laughs> and uh, I'm not very hopeful about the next one, which is the Falcon. Now, the Falcon is a really small, fast ship. It's basically designed to be more agile and faster than the Eagles. Uh, and uh, is basically a short-range attack craft um, with a very big uh, jump drive, to be honest. Um, Hold on, how does that work out? It's a short range, but big jump drive. I know. It's sort of... It's, it's, uh, basically, what they mean short range is you're ranged by the supplies on your ship. So that means, yes, you could jump 20 light years, but um, unfortunately, um, your pilot will probably run out of food before he docked. Because remember, this is Frontier First Encounters. Okay, so you, you've got a long jump range, but your yeah. fuel storage is absolutely tiny, so you can, you know, you're lucky. You, you, you would run out of petrol before you got tartan, for example. Yeah, that kind of thing. I, I think in this, in this case, it's, you need a really big gas tank, <laughs> which you kind of forget it. 
Um, yeah, it just said uh, it, it. Okay, Alec, if you want to try for that one, I like it. I like it. I think that has buckyball racing written all over it, or canyon running, or something. I think I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks fun to me. Not not very practical, perhaps, but <laughs> yeah, that looks fun. Yeah, trying to think of it as as basically uh, the Viper, but without having to engineer it to heck. I'm looking at the picture on the jades.org site, and uh, I can just imagine skimming along a canyon in that thing. It looks fantastic. <laughs> um, what about you, Psychic? Yeah, like I'd I'd like to see how it how it would fare against like an eagle or an imperial um, an imperial eagle or something like that. Just going going like about of hell and doing some good canyon canyon racing we need some like that would be something nice like an alternative to like the speed that an imperial one of those imperial ships can and can cut out um that isn't oh my god what's the other one does the viper go quite quickly it's the viper and the courier can both be engineered to go like bananas fast yeah i think the viper is actually the fastest if you if you Straight line speed. Yeah. So an alternative to the Viper for people who hate Imperial ships. The, the it's the Imperial Courier is the is the Imperial ship. The Viper is available to everyone. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But like an alternative to it. Oh, so right. if people if people hate like are not fans of the Imperial ships, let's give them an another alternative to the Viper. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, one thing to point out about the Falcon is <laughs> it's fragile as heck. So basically, one shot and you're practically ended. <laughs> so that could make some interesting races, eh? Like, yeah, maybe no, like bouncing off a canyon wall with that one. See, I like the idea of very, very customized ships like that, where you know, you sneeze and it blows up or something. Because it does, it encourages really skillful flying. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Moving on from there, this is back to an old classic, which is the Gecko. Now, <laughs> this one passed me by because, believe it or not, I forgot the Gecko was actually in there. Again, it it does seem to fa- fill a role of maybe a smuggling craft, so slightly bigger than the Cobra Mark IV, but more manoeuvrable. How does how does that feel? Meh. Yeah, I like the you. name. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. give me, give me <clears throat> the gecko, but also let me see it land on all fours on a planet. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like, let it, let it look like a gecko, and then luck will. Wouldn't that be like a chieftain, it. basically? Yeah, a bit like a chief, a bit like a chieftain, but a bit, a bit more. Like maybe let let's call it a tiny chieftain, <laughs> a gecko. Sure, why not? Yeah, I, I can I can get behind I can get behind like a, a really tiny one person chieftain kind of idea. I can see that. I, like I was excited by the name of the gecko, and then I saw the wireframe and went, "Oh bugger!" That was yeah. my, that was my full uh, my full range of emotion mm. while dreaming about that. Yeah, and it's not much better actually in in front of your first encounters either, because yeah, it's um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it. I don't think they could do much with that shape. Uh, moving on, we have a the rather curious Griffin Carrier. Now this one looks as if it's um, uh, 
is is heavily armed. So there's four turrets on it. Um, there's eight missile uh, python uh, pylons rather. Um, a huge mass uh, of two thousand four hundred twenty-four tons, and it it wallows like the T nine does. I got a sneaking suspicion. I would like to see this as a bloomin' fighter carrier. Okay. You know how you can... I... Yeah, yeah. You can have sort of uh, multiple um, fighters, you know, double bays and a single bay. We could... You, yeah, you could turn that into basically a, a just a, a carrier. I think that would be great. Uh, see, what well, I, I would like and you know as i'm going to mention another space game here mm-hmm. um but you know, in a certain other space game there is a ship which is shit and slow but it's full um. of turrets and that is a lot of fun if you get six or seven of your mates all on that thing all yeah. manning turrets that is so much fun so if we could yeah. get something along those lines that is just bristling with ammunition, with armaments, and it's all all of you in a turret, I could see that being a lot. That that could be fun, I think. Yeah, the, the Griffin itself is actually second only to the in size to the mighty Panther Clipper, which everybody is. Uh, you should be all familiar with uh, the yeah. the Panther Clipper on that one. So uh, I'll just pass that over to to Psychic. Um, Panther Clipper. I know the the Griffin. Oh man, I thought we were going to talk about the Panther Clipper some more. Well, no, that, that's 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 further down the the list. Okay. But I I can see the next one. The next few are going to be very very quick. To be honest. Uh, I mean, do you feel that we need something this big? Yes. No. Yes. I I'm kind of in um in I, I I get where you're coming from and with like I want to see that as like, a fighter launcher or something like that. What I would like to see is, and it's something that comes up quite often, is like a a mid-sized fleet carrier. So one that doesn't have all of the bells and whistles of your your big carrier. And I don't know how you'd how you'd work this out, or like how you'd work it out as being something where where you put the negatives as opposed to um, the size of a fleet carrier, but something like the Griffin where you could store maybe some of your ships, also like jump it around, but it's at a a marginally smaller price tag than the fleet carrier. But obviously with the Griffin, you wouldn't be able to land it at a station or something like that. Yeah. Like a mid-range, a mid-range fleet carrier size ship. Yeah, because I remember... Uh, an interview, I think it was actually on the show with David Braben, where they were discussing basically what you were saying. There were, there was, um, they were going to have ships that were player-owned but couldn't dock with the, the station. And what you had to do was basically take a shuttle over and bring fuel back from the the station and into into the ship, which kind of feels like some of the things you have to do with the fleet carrier at the moment anyway. Um, yeah, Alec, about the Griffin. Well, pilots should take note that the bottom turret damages the ship if you fire from it. For that reason, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to point out on jades.org, it has a rating of zero stars. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're using jades.org and alioth.net uh, to, to go through these ships. So uh, if anybody wants to see what the, these ships actually look like, uh, we'll supply a link to those in the, in the, in the show notes. Um, well, moving on from the Griffin Carrier, the next one was the Gear. It's a single seat fighter with um, a reasonably large uh, jump range. Um, but to be honest, you had to fit this special military drive in order for it to get anywhere. Um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering whether or not we actually need this one because it just kind of feels like the Sidewinder does it already, but better. Um, it's supposed to be very, very maneuverable, but I don't know. It, it doesn't doesn't shout out. I want one, to be honest. Um, yeah, I have to. I'm not feeling it. No. Same. <laughs> yeah, Alec. Mm, nah. I mean, I'm all for a variety, but nothing particularly screams to me about that one. Nah. <laughs> not even its name. Nah. But at least the gecko had a name going for it. Now, this one's actually quite interesting, the next one, is the Harrier. Now, uh, nothing to do with the Harrier jump jet, but uh, it is reasonably, it, it's about the size of a Cobra, slightly bigger, um, needed a, a crew of two, uh, reasonably well armed, uh, but low on uh, hyperspace range. Um, to tell you the truth, it, it kind of looks like a Cobra Mark the kind of starts to it kind of reminds me of the Cobra Mark IV uh, I mean I suppose for people who don't have access to the Cobra Mark IV it might be a an option I do like the look of it though it does have a kind of um, uh, Battlestar Galactica Viper look to it yeah I think it looks interesting it, it's got a little bit of a courier look to it in some ways that sort of slightly pointy front and the wings and I don't know yeah yeah um, ben, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the look of it, but I'm not feeling a need for it. Yeah. I mean, there is someone, made, I think, a uh, little big made the point of, yeah, I would like, there are probably going to be an awful lot of overlap that's already there. It's just that yeah. it was there saying that you'd like the variety. So basically, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of like choosing between the Ferdinand and the Mamba. Um, obviously, I was hoping that the Mamba would be closer in manoeuvrability to the Fertilance and a bit faster, but not as manoeuvrable. But in the other, in, in the case of the, what's come out, is the Mamba's a lot faster, but it's not as manoeuvrable, if you see what I mean. So basically from a yeah, PvP, I mean, well, the, yeah, you know what I mean? The other, th the other thing that we've got to remember is engineering went off and changed the way how half of these ships could yeah, fly and were supposed to fly anyway. Yeah. Um, Alec? Well, okay, it was a sort of a never mind. I was just going to comment, uh, Ben was saying you didn't see the need for it, and I was thinking again about what I said at the beginning about just, just have loads of ships. And it occurred to me, people pay good real-world money to put skins on their Python or their crate to try and make it stand out so that when they fly in through the mail slot of Shinrata, everyone goes, ooh, look at that fantastic ship. And I was just thinking, you know, rock up in one of these oddball things and everyone's going to notice you. Well, there's an interesting thing because 
here's a point. If you could actually create one of these ships, which is close to, say, the let's say um, we were looking through. Um, it was it was the I don't know uh, the boa. Say that the boa actually had exactly the same kind of performance and uh, slots as an anaconda. You could pay arcs and just basically say, right, this is an exclusive ship for you. You don't get any advantages from it. You just fly around in the new model yeah, and you've got the Cobra. Would that be something that people would be interested in? Because it wouldn't be pay to win. It's kind of like paying for that extra or equivalent. Interesting. I don't well, know I see I where you're coming from, Colin, but I don't think I like it. You know, uh, I, if, I get, if I'm getting a new ship, I want a new ship. Yeah. No. Well you, well, you still get a new ship. You, you'd say, right, okay, I, I pay my arcs and gives me access to the boa, and the boa is exactly the same spec as the anaconda. Yeah, but it's but not. It's it's, it's it's a, it's a glory. It's an anaconda wearing a boa skin. It was just that I was thinking that there's an awful lot of these yeah. ships that are similar in spec, so that they could be possible if they were almost exactly the same spec. They could be used. You could actually buy them with arcs if they if you know if they were looking for the. Uh, it's not, I mean, like I said, it's not pay to win, but it could be a revenue stream that could keep the game going in the future. It's pay to brag. It's pay, yeah, there you go, pay to brag. <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> isn't, isn't everything pay to brag, Sai? Oh, yeah, at the end of the day. Um, I, I still don't like it. It's like, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It gives me the ick. Um, and yeah, I, I, if I want... If there's going to be a ship in in game, I don't even know necessarily it needs to fulfil an entirely different role that any of the other ships, um, any of the other ships do. But I don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to pay arcs and get a. Why would you want an anaconda in the first place? But an anaconda in a different, <laughs> like uh, an anaconda wearing a boa suit. I'm not that bothered about. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, moving on to the next one, we have oh, the Hawk Air Fighter. Um, this this one is supposed to be even uh, just has the same performance as, say, a Sidewinder until it gets an atmosphere and then it suddenly becomes a lot more maneuverable, obviously due to the wings. Um, I think it's got a... I don't know, maybe if we, we get in sort of atmospheres with thicker... Pla- uh, sorry, planets with thicker atmospheres... That kind of thing could come into play, but for me, I'll, I'll just stick with the sidewinder. I don't no, see if assuming the flight model actually has this into account. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see a massive benefit to having a a in atmosphere fighter that is able to go to space rather than a flying brick that is able to fly in an atmosphere. Oh, good point. Good point. Um, okay, Alec, what do you think? I mean, it does look quite nice. It actually yeah. looks yeah, I like very it. much like the F-22, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I really like it. And um, it's fast, handles like a dream. These these words speak to me. It's good. Psyche? <laughs> um, yeah, um, I like the idea of being able to have like have this ship that would go into a thicker atmosphere it's maybe not a ship that 
would benefit from being in elite right now but potentially fingers crossed in the future if we have something along the lines where the atmosphere is a little bit a little bit more atmospheric than tenuous then it might be um yeah as orange phoenix says it's probably um a good hooning ship in thicker atmosphere planets as and when they appear and i think that's quite that's quite an interesting thing to think about like at the moment we don't really with with everything that's been added into the game at the moment there isn't really as much as it's been four years and we desperately would really love another ship there isn't a huge necessity for them right now if we stretch to further um the future where we have the potential for thicker atmosphere planets water worlds things along those lines then maybe that's the time when we start getting new ships and things like that yeah yeah but does i mean i must admit it i do like the idea that if we have new planets or uh, new planets come along that there are certain ships which basically will act better in those environments than than the standard ones which i think is quite nice um one thing that we did miss was the harris fighter now i had a quick look at this and it reminds me of the star fury from babylon 5 to be honest uh and it it does claim to be probably the equivalent of a vulture so do you really want an x-wing shaped fighter <laughs> Uh, that's that's basically short ranged but reasonably maneuverable. You you had oh, me yes. at X wing shaped. You had me at Star Fury. <laughs> so I think I think we've got surprisingly the two that I didn't think people would be interested in uh, are two that they are, which is the Hawk Fighter and the and the Harris Fighter. So um, yeah. It is, it is the equivalent of a of a, of a vulture, uh, but I think a little bit more heavily armed and a bit more maneuverable. But uh, yeah, and of course, yeah, fair enough. The the good old X wing shape was always helpful. Yeah, I mean that's uh, always popular, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> don't know why. Um, yeah, the next one, <laughs> interplanetary shuttle. Anyone? <laughs> Yes, and I will say yes for a very good reason. Go on then. Because, oh. right, again, this is requiring much more rework of the game. Oh, okay. The, the entire, you know, the entire point of the interplanetary shuttle was I'm a ship that doesn't have a frame, well, in elite terms, it's I'm a ship without a frame shift drive. You know, its job is to go into orbit and then back down again. Yeah? Yep. Yep. So, if we could get ships that are bigger than Doc Max, right, you would then use ships like the Interplanetary Shuttle to take them, take their contents in and out of, in and out of stations. That would be a great use for them. Another thing that I think would be a brilliant use for them, and I would love this times a million. It would be the perfect ship for people to who have committed crimes in to be given <laughs> to 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 do their thing. You know, they they have to go and clean things up or whatever they have to do, but they ain't got a frame shift drive, so they're not going anywhere. So what you're saying is basically the orange sidewinder, but without a hyperdrive. 
Yeah. Well, no, give it a bigger, give it a bigger cargo, uh, cargo bay as well. Yeah. You know, it's meant to be a, it's meant to be a proper shuttle, and you know, if you're go, if you're going to be emptying a Panther Clipper, you want to be able to you know, not take fifty runs to do so. Yeah, I understand. I understand that one. That that seems quite good. Um, well, uh, what about you, Alec? It's the idea of yeah. the planetary well, shuttle. It's interesting, isn't it? This this one really stands out from all the others as like a ship that, that needs a role. And I was just trying to think, like Ben was saying, what that could be. How about, like, suppose we get in some distant future the next round of planet types. So suppose we get like thick atmospheres or or maybe super high G, I don't know, planets that we can't land our existing ships on. And there'd have to be a really exciting reason to go down there, like some minerals that are super valuable mineral, minerals that you can mine in the SRV that you, you can only get from these planets. And then the only way to get down there would be to land at a nearest space station, charter one of these things and sort of get it to fly you maybe or, or fly it down to the surface. Really like that. I like the idea of having to stop at a space station, change ships, and then take this shuttle down to some super, you know, uh, surface where you can get super high value materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Psychit, does the idea of a interplanetary shuttle appeal? So it's a it's a laugh, isn't it? <laughs> I don't I don't hate it. I I I like again like as um. As you've all said, there's definitely a future potential need, mm-hmm. and that's quite cool. That's quite that's quite cool. Knowing that these ships might be something that um, Frontier, looking at the future of Elite Dangerous, have in their back pocket, well, rather than coming up with some, like it might be something that they have in their back pocket, or something that they can draw inspiration from, um, despite. Um, instead of having to start completely from scratch with something, yeah, um, there is one. Uh, there is one uh, ship which is from the classic era, which I think everybody wants us to talk about. I think we're gonna we're gonna stop the list now. We will come to the rest of them. We're only halfway through the list at the moment. I thought we'd be going through them a bit faster, but. Um, We'll touch on the Moray Starboat, which is effectively a submarine in space, which sounds ideal for Waterworlds next week. Uh, But for the moment, Alec, you put out a question on the forums about this, really. Um, You said, if Frontier were to add a new ship, can you give us three attributes of that ship uh, that you'd like to see in it? Yeah. Um, Mad Mike came back with a a more mining-focused ship launch fighter. Uh, so he was he was very very focused on on the um, on the mining side of things. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. Actually. Yeah, yeah. He said he wanted to enable all the mining tools and a decent amount of limpets as well as a mining um, SLF that can be used to deploy and scan motherships. Um, he says he uses the T10 at the moment, but he finds it too sluggish, and he remembers that there are some things in. Uh, uh, in Frontier First Encounters that did that. Um, what about Simon's suggestion? Well, he's looking for the Moray Starboat, isn't he? I guess we haven't we, we haven't come onto that one yet. 
No. I, I, well, I don't get, does anyone get the law or reason for him saying sold only in dodec stations orbiting water worlds? Is there a... I didn't quite get that, but maybe there's a tie into old law. Um, yeah, there was... Um, the, you're, you're familiar with the, the Coriolis, aren't you? Um, well, the there was another um, station type, in, I think in certain versions of old 8-bit Elite, which was... Um, Coriolis were eight sided and and uh, Dodex stations were twelve sided, so they were they, you know they were, they were bigger. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they've moved Dodex stations into Elite Dangerous yet. Um, Bandagas, yeah, it would be nice to see some Dodo stations. <laughs> really, I don't think I, th- I think they're a waste of time now compared to the uh, the other stations we've got. Yeah, I just you know. You've got your normal Coriolis, and then you come in and you see this. You've got this station that's even more chunky, and I, I like that. It's great, like when you come across one of the stations with the arms. It's always such a surprise. Yeah. Oh wow, that's awesome! New Pamas. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Vandergast made a few suggestions. What do What do you think to those? Yeah, I don't know. He's just it hasn't quite. I mean, part of the point of my question was to try and get people to pick specific features, but. Um, this is, uh, some of these are just a list of ships again. So we've got uh, short-range, high-volume haulers, um, uh, large and medium. And then we've got uh, Alliance Navy, Federation Navy, and Imperial Navy ships. Interplanetary shuttles and lifters, and a medium tourist boat. A lot of these um, probably mesh with some of the lists we were going down. Yeah, there's a there's a few that, uh, further down the list that these would for, probably fill into. Um, now, Commander Numa, yeah, he made two well, <laughs> he, he made three suggestions. All right, and the first one I think is one that I think everybody wants. It's the Panther LX. Well, hang on, not the Panther LX, not the Panther Clipper. Oh yes, you're right. What was the difference? Does anyone know? What was the LX? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm I'm looking it up now. One was more LXy. <laughs> and the other one was a little bit more clippery. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the one you, you the other one you it couldn't get through through airport security. It must be the Panther Clipper because there's there's that's the only Panthery ship that's in there. I imagine the way he says <laughs> fin- "finally out" suggests he means the same ship that everyone else has been calling. Probably. From. Yeah. Um, I like his suggestion for a um, a large explorer with a magnificent cockpit view. I think mm-hmm. That's quite interesting. Yeah, large explorer, probably Imperial, weak combat stat, uh, stats, big FSD, plenty of internals and a magnificent cockpit view. Yeah, I mean, there is, again, there is a ship on the list that, that could actually fill that role, so we could certainly come back to that. Um, and the last one, I, I'm i not quite so sure about this one, to be honest. Do you mean Numa's, his large combat yeah. ship? Yeah. A large combat ship with more direct firepower than the Corvette, but no fighter bay. Um, I don't know. If you've got a large combat ship, you kind of need a fighter to cover your ass. Corvette has a fighter bay. I know the Corvette's got a fighter bay. I didn't. I've never. I don't think. No, I don't. I don't think I've ever used it on in any of my fighting Corvettes. Why would you need it? The Corvette's fine. It can look after itself. Fair enough. Um, and is, is a Corvette lacking direct firepower? Sorry, I've not really engineered one and used one in anger. So, um, I mean, do you need more direct firepower than the Corvette? I don't I, think 
think you really do, if I'm honest. I thought it had quite a lot. It's got a fair amount. I don't. I don't think you need. Um, personally, the, the, there's no real need for that. I mean, yeah, you've got the grind to get the Corvette, but I don't think that there's a massive, um, a massive need for it. This next one's my favourite. Okay, this is uh, HR diagram. Yeah. So okay. Shall I do it? Go on. <laughs> the, his dream ship. He's got three attributes. It's um one vertical development. So it's taller than it is wider. Uh-huh. And and so consequently it has to enter the mail slot sideways to fit. I love that. <laughs> it just freak people out. That's so funny. We are, we're um, talking a massive B Wing. Is that what we're on? Yeah, 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 I guess we are. Um also it's very long, so it has to fold in half just before landing to fit on large <laughs> landing pad. <laughs> oh, that's just bonkers. And and the last one is it's just getting silly now. A distribution of attitude thrusters that would only allow clockwise rolling. For reference, the mail slot rolls counterclockwise. <laughs> Can I just point out? I think he's been playing paranoia too much. The RPG is, paranoia. Hey, That's the kind. HR of diagram isn't actually Darren, is it? <laughs> I mean, it does sound a bit like it. Yeah. No, I know that we've got responses from North Pin, um, uh, Angus Mac, uh, Angus Mad Mac, and uh, Ed's up. We'll actually include them those responses with the the rest of the list, which we'll go through uh, probably next week. So well, Ed's up once all the ships of elite. So we're we're halfway down the list. We'll get back. We're to halfway it. down the list. So <laughs> we're sorted. Um, now the community corner this week. Um, obviously. Uh, Alec, Buckyball, how's it going? It Have is gone- Buckyball week. Yeah, it's, have you gone nuts yet? It's, uh, <laughs> so I am buried in spreadsheets, but I've, I've sort of got it sorted as long as it doesn't pick up. I think, I forget what Sulu's race was now, but I think Sulu said that at one, he had over 100 submissions for his race. Um, if I <laughs> get 100 submissions for this one, I'm going to drown. But as it is, it's nice. It's lovely. We've got eight runs currently in regulation, and we've got five in uh, unlimited. And I watched a bit of Psychic Stream, and it looks exactly as I'd hoped. It looks awesome. <laughs> the final, the final minutes and seconds as you're desperately trying to get back, and the horrible gasping sounds coming from the pilot. It's exactly like the um, High Wakes cartoon. It's brilliant. I hope people are having fun. <laughs> Excellent. I've still got to make my run. I've got to get at least something in there, but um <laughs> Yeah. Are it, you still in the one point club, Colin? Of course I'm still in the one point club. You don't but yes, current so what are the current standings? So in um, regulation class we have um Sulu in first place. He was also in um first place in Unlimited, but got knocked off the number one spot in there today. Uh we yeah, have well, Epiphus in uh, second place. Yeah. Indeed, and we have there was a bit of contention. We messed up some of the scores, but then um, ah, right. Azzy Elbub in third place. Um, it was an interesting one for a second. It looked like Fearless F twenty one, who's in fourth, was actually going to, although he his distance, like the distance of the stops that he visited, was more. It looked for a minute like Fearless, Fearless's time bonus meant that he actually beat Azzy, but it turns out the time bonus is wrong. So. Um, not true. And then in Unlimited, um, Sulu was first, but Shay Blackwood has come in today with a, a ludicrous run, frankly. I mean, I, I don't understand how it's possible. So 
Zulu, who came in with a fantastic run yesterday um, with literally one second left on the clock and managed to cover some 1,800 and something light years. Um, Shay has just come in today with over well over 2,000 light years. Jesus. So, yeah, competition is hotting up. But I've seen some claims that people are running out of bubble, but I, I don't think that's true. I, I was very careful when I laid this right out. This race is out. this saying Shay's he's like 2,000 light years and he still had 133 seconds left. Yes, yes, he's got two minutes, well over two minutes spare. So, um, enough, he can easily do another jump. He did claim he was running out of bubble, but I think I refute that. I was very careful to check that there were plenty of remote stations for people to try and go further and further to. If people have run out of bubble, then I've cocked up, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, I see. Um, well, we'll move on from, from Buckyball. Hopefully, we'll have a full report when it's all done. Um, now, Edison has been updated to version 5.2. Again, Alec, do you want to quickly touch on Edison? And do. Has anyone here actually used it? I'm aware of it, but I actually use a different tool. Oh, right. Uh, um, I, I've used Edison, but I haven't used Edison 5.2. Okay. I mean, people uh, may so, be, some people may be unaware that these kind of things are even um, possible, but Edison and a tool I use called SRV Tracker, one of the things they do is they let you basically set waypoints on planet surfaces. So you can drive your SRV to a point. Certainly the way SRV Tracker works, you can you can land or drive your SRV to a point on a planet and then hit a button in this third-party app, say, I want this to be a waypoint. Um, and subsequently, if you target one of your waypoints, uh, both of these apps do little overlays on your HUD um, which basically give you an arrow that literally points to your waypoint and give you things like distances. And so, for example, I've used it to do things like um, uh, exobiology. So, you know, when you're, you, you, you're sort of, you, you've got your first scan for one plant and then you're driving along and you see loads of other plants, but you can't scan them because you're, you're committed to that first one. Well, you can mark those others and then come back to them later. So it's really good for that. Um, it's great for racing, of course, because you can lay out your own virtual tracks. It has all sorts of great uses. But yes, so, Ben, sorry, what else does Edison do? I think it does more than that, actually. Edison does stuff so it'll get you to a location from space as well. And it'll tell you to, you know, it'll sort of say, okay, you're, you're approaching the planet, drop down to the planet now and things like that. Neat. Um, but the, the whole point of 5.2 is... It's giving you on-foot navigation. Um, as you were saying, I think it's basically for flower picking. So you can go and find your flowers, mark mark where you found them, and then go back and find them again if you need to. I mean, it's also um, really good because, you know, if you... I, I saw an amazing picture on um, Twitter this week. I forget who now, but it was a, just an incredible ice sort of... It wasn't actually a crater, but it was like a ridge that went round in a half circle. So it was just an amazing formation. And of course, one of the things you can use these tools for is to make permanent bookmarks of these amazing surface locations yeah. to share with other people or to go back to them. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's one of the things, you know, I'm sure your SV thing as well, it, al it allows you to go and sort of export your bookmarks and things like that and say, you know, you, there's one button I'll say, um, please log my location and I'll save it 
But then, as you, you can go off and export everything, isn't it's all that's all very handy. Yeah, yeah, very neat tools. On the subject of neat tools, um, in one of the threads uh, in um, in the forums, this uh, actually it just kicked off this morning. Um, we became aware of this little tool called the Min Min Ed Launcher. Now, this is basically a, a way to actually fire off Elite Dangerous without using the uh, actually using the proper launcher. Uh, and um, there is one very interesting side effect from this that we that took everybody by surprise. Um, obviously, you can, you can set it up to launch either Odyssey or uh, Horizons. However, there is. So they have discovered an option called slash EDH4, which will launch Odyssey in Horizons 4 mode. So that Can I just add some caveats to that? Certainly. Go on, you, we, on, you go we, have, we have not confirmed this. True. So we are reading into things that we think, but we don't know that. Uh, so as we've not been able... Ironically enough, we don't have. I don't have. Well, I don't have easy access to a Horizons account, and neither did you, Colin, when we were trying nope. to try test them out. Uh, the other thing that I've heard about is basically if you try doing anything like this, not using supported launchers, etc., and if anything whatsoever happens to your PC, your account, your game, anything, it's kind of your own bloody fault. Yeah, it's. It's use at your own risk, isn't it? Yeah, very much use at your own discretion. But uh, one thing which I've I've like I really like it actually. You know, I know I know I've just said use at your own discretion, but one of the things that I really find it very handy for is I've now got a very quick and easy way to go straight into VR from my quest. So instead, instead, instead of, of having to go through instead the of launcher. faffing around with everything, I just double. Cl- I've got an next double double-clickable, executable that I've shoved into my start menu, and it just goes straight into VR mode for me. It's very lightweight, so it's using less resources, which is always a benefit. Um, and I think it even quits the launcher as well, so I'm not entirely sure when it quits the launcher. Yeah. Um, um, and you know, I know I just said, be careful, but I was doing that earlier, and it worked a dream. Alec? Yeah, possibly just a stupid question, but these options like um, slash EDH4 and <clears throat> are these these are different from you know you can run the the frontier launcher with some options. So for example, one of the things I found ages ago was that when I run um, when I run my elite desktop shortcut, I've got a, mm-hmm. just a native frontier install. It I don't know if it still does, but it used to fire up my Oculus software even though I wasn't. Uh, planning on running it in VR mode. Uh, so okay. Mine does as well. Yeah, a bit of a pain. And I discovered that you can just change the shortcut properties to stick slash no VR on the end. Yes. Yeah. Are these different from that? It, what else is they, they have, doing? So you, you can, it, it'll pass arguments onto the Elite Dangerous Executable, same as what we've got. Yeah, but is it doing its own things um, as well on top of that? I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Um, I know it does say on their website, it says you know, um, they've got things that aren't in the ED launcher. Um, 
you know, one of the things that I know there's a really handy little benefit is you know, I can log on, say, as my alt and my main, and then now but they could now both be double clickable executables rather than rather than having to log out and log in, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right. The launcher has got EDO as an argument, EDH4 as an argument. You've got your profile, which I just mentioned. And then you can say, please restart the game after it's, be- after it's been closed. Um, so yeah, if, your, if your client crashes, it'll go off and retry it for you, for example. Oh, I see. Neat. Um, but then the arguments that are automatically in Elite, the Elite Dangerous executable are auto-quit, auto-run, Elite Dangerous, which I think that goes into Elite Dangerous Odyssey, if you've got Odyssey. I think. I'm not entirely sure about that. EDH, which is Horizons. EDA, which I never knew about. That goes into Arena. Um, and then Slash VR, which I did know about. And I believe there's also a no VR one as well. Yeah, there is. That's the one I use, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The upshot of this is that, uh, according to people in the forums, that if you use the EDH4 option, it launches Odyssey in um, Horizons 4 mode, which means that you can actually play with other Horizons players. Which is huge news, if true. If true. If true. You if know, true. We have not confirmed um, this. Please do not cite us as saying, well, they said on live radio you can play Elite Dangerous Odyssey with Elite Dangerous Horizons. Because yeah, we've not. We've not tested it. Yeah, we haven't tested it. Apparently, Obsidian uh, Ant has tested it and has posted his response on a video. But as he, re- as, as he posted this response, as we were actually broadcasting, we haven't had a chance to look at it. And but, I yeah, mean, I did, I did ask a couple of people on the forums who had... Who who were sort sort of casually talking about? I, I asked very specific questions about: Does this mean that I can launch Odyssey in instance with Horizons Four? And I I got a couple of definite yeses. So, I mean, yeah. So I guess watch watch this space uh, with uh, what yeah. happens with this and and, and see uh, uh, see what the response is. I mean, it would be nice to be able to play with um, Horizons for players with some of the aspects of uh, of the upcoming content. I mean, it'd be, you know, but uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Um, right. I think we'll quickly move on to the mostly clueless section. Now, surprisingly enough, I think, Ben, you should take this one. <laughs> oh, okay, thanks. Um, so I'll scroll down past all that. Um, so, oh, Nephilius. Yes. Okay, yes. So, Nephilius was giving us some information about the, you know, we all know the FFS scanner mm-hmm. and things like that. And uh, Colin Leff produced a handy little guide um, showing you where all the meaningful planets are. Now, Nephilius was saying the lucrative areas spell a- anal. However, you know, if I was going to say the lucrative things, I would say I'll be wanting the Earth-like worlds or the um, the not Argon the Ammonia worlds. Oh, the Ammonium worlds. And if that's the case, it's Alan. Then it's Alan. <laughs> so it depends. You, know, it's funny you read it, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> so oh, basically, not, e- either no. way, either way is anagram of anal, which is 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 why. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, what you all want to see. <laughs> again, we're getting into psychic's catapults again, aren't we? Look, look, seriously, if if it's how you interpret it that um, expresses who you actually are as a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. turn it upside down does it spell boobies <laughs> no it spells, spells, spells NV 7V anyway maybe? yes so yeah the, the upshot of this is that someone has got a uh, a, a shortcut uh, for the FSS scanner we will put that in the show notes for people to peruse and uh, hopefully it will help help your scanning uh, uh, scanning for the future. Now, we have some any other business. The first bit is um, Canon's unidentified interstellar, interstellar anomaly tracker. Now, you can find that at map.canon.tech root underscore uia.html, which we'll also put in the show notes. Uh, I must admit, I have been following it and it, it's getting better. Uh, I take it you've been using it as well, Ben. I have indeed, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's nice to see where it's going. <laughs> it just feels like uh, we're watching bullets in in slow motion head towards a target. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I'd say not so much slow motion, just very large distances. <laughs> um, in Epic Games, they've actually got two free games this week, which is Gloomhaven and Ark Survival Evolved. Um yeah, they are. My, I know I've my heard a lot of very good things about Ark. Yeah. Oh, my, my kids love Ark as well. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, I might give that a go, but then isn't Ark too due soon? Probably why know. it's free. Mm-hmm. It's been free about five times already, to be honest. Ah. Uh, and finally, some real space news. Um, we've managed to hit something in space. Well, rather, NASA have. Yeah, we've we yeah, humanity has managed to destroy a spaceship deliberately. It was amazing. Yes. Did you watch it? I, I watched did. it. I was watching it live uh, last Same. night. I was like, oh, it's so good. The pictures as it got closer and closer, the images, I lost my mind. And then instead of it just being like a black screen or static, it went red. And I was like, that's such a beautiful, <laughs> no, it's not just, beautiful. It's not just touch. red. It's like. You can see the scan line as it's mm. like, I'm broadcasting this, I'm, I'm sending it, I'm sending Oh, shit. Yeah, it was, it was just so good. It's so, it was so good and so interesting and fascinating to watch. And now lots of science is going to happen, and it's exciting. Mm. It's the first time that humanity has um, interacted with a celestial object in the intention of redirecting its path and it's incredible and fascinating and wonderful and space is so great and asteroid defense 101 yeah yeah i mean i did see you know when i was watching it last night i was i was getting very much expanse vibes just thinking yeah i just hope this thing's not being sort of hit by any protomolecule or something like that funny i was thinking Um, exactly the same yeah and then i did see I think I saw somebody on NASA tweeting out, you know, NASA one, asteroid zero. <laughs> and then I just wanted um, the actor who plays uh, Mark Winaros to be, we can fix that. 
Because <laughs> I know he does a lot of troll tweets as his character. Yeah. Um, right, moving uh, on from um, from real life space impacts, um, we'll quickly do the shout-outs. Now, Ben, you've got someone to say hello to? Yep, I've got. I've actually got a couple of people to say hello to. So, first of all, I bumped into Commander Electroace on Saturday uh, while, while I was busy doing the CG. And that was, you know, that was nice. It's like, oh, yeah. Hello, it's actually, it's somebody I, we just wind up, we, as you do when you're doing bulk trading things, you keep bumping into each other. So we just kept sort of like, you kept saying hello and things like that. And it was like, yeah, could you, could you, could you give, give, give me, you know, could I get a shout out and kind of get a shout out to everyone who still hangs out in the Distant Worlds 2 uh, private group as well? As a as a bit of a safe space, um, so I was like, yes, of course I can do that. And I also want to say hello to Cyber Hunter, who I feel like I've been kind of ignoring him today while I've been running around my ship and doing things. Uh, but I, I have waved at him and things like that and said hello. But um, and then apparently somebody else was here as well, but I didn't even. That's uh, when I was away doing the. I was away looking at, at scorpions. So it was Andy Sharp. That's who it was. I missed him apparently completely. Right. Uh, well, okay. So I think it, it's time to uh, basically wind up for tonight. So we'll give our, our, our usual shout-out. Is it time to wind Colin up for tonight? It's what? Is it time to wind Colin up for tonight? Really oh. isn't, Ben. Oh, it isn't. Okay. Yeah, just you will have your, your moment. Oh, <laughs> Alec, which? What is it? All I was going to say is people need to try this immediately. Go to Google and search for Dart Mission. NASA. It's awesome. awesome. Carry on. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. There's there's your any other business. So <laughs> um like our sister station Hutton Orbital Radio. It broadcasts on a Thursday at eight thirty. Tune in at Twitch to uh, Twitch TV Hutton Orbital Truckers or go straight to radio.forthemug.com if you just want the audio. The discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, you can check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Uh, we'll also give some shout-outs to other Elite Dangerous podcasts, which are Flight Assist, The Guard Frequency, and of course Loose Screws. Hello there over there in the States. Um, so following on this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. And we'll say special thanks to everyone who's chipped in on the Twitch chat and obviously the in-game commanders that Ben has bumped into. So um, special thanks, of course, go to Commander Tokoso, JN Trax and Alan Stroud who have created music for this show. But that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. So hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. Uh, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. And now to my favourite bit of the show. So, thanks to Ben. Hi, uh, hi Con. Fine. Thanks to Psychit. Thanks, Colin. And thanks to Alec. Goodbye everyone. And of course special thanks goes to today's tech specialist Commander Ventura.
Thank Good you. Night, Zach. So until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Digest 27th of September 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we look at the Far God cult. They're looking for a new home right now. But where did they come from? What do they believe? And what next for the weirdest religion in the galaxy? In 3304... With the discovery that the Thargoids had returned still fresh, and with the discovery of the ancient guardian civilization causing puzzlement, several new religious orders sprang up. The history of previous encounters with aliens had been suppressed for hundreds of years, at least partly by azimuth biochemicals and the Black Flight, but possibly also by those who run the galaxy. So when humanity learned conclusively that we were not alone, it was perhaps natural that beside the more typical reactions of wonder and fear, stuffed down the edges of the Sigma curve, we'd find a small number of people who decided that the aliens were deities and who chose to worship them. Quite a few of the cults, such as Homo Terminus, the Order of Extinction, and perhaps surprisingly given its later political activities, Nova Imperium, anticipated the imminent destruction of the galaxy with hope. For them, the apocalypse was a treat to look forward to. The Thargoid cult was one such order. Without any formal name, these Thargoid worshippers believed, and still believe, that the Thargoids are messengers come to bring the sad tidings of the arrival of the really, really big Thargoid-shaped god called the Thargoid from another dimension, 
Only if they believed very hard indeed in the Fargod would they be spared when the galaxy is destroyed. Some of the sadly now deceased members of the cult believed that they would turn into Thargoids, black angels to fly in the presence of the Fargod. The Fargod cult really wasn't much bother to anyone. They set up little hive chapels made of a black coral-like substance and that smelled of ammonia, and they wore simple black robes, and it seemed that they were just waiting quietly for their end to come. With some of these new rival religious sects worshipping the Guardians, there were inevitable tensions. Cardinal Hieronymus of the Church of the Eternal Void, a culture club classic, explained that his sect offered hope among all the doom-mongers. Hope that the Guardians would come back from the dead and fight off the Thargoids. And while everyone was waiting for that to happen, his cult would fight their cult and the order of the Far God will be driven out of their hive chapels, off the streets and into a neighbouring galaxy. The weirdness of the Far God cult also earned the distrust and hostility of many ordinary citizens. In the Federation in particular, the populist movement, led by Juanita Bishop, sought to have them rounded up and executed. And it didn't help that people were going missing. Far God cult members and other people were vanishing, leaving no trace. The sense of paranoia against the unresisting Fargod cult members grew to almost fever pitch. Government ceased enforcing the freedom of religious expression that had previously been so important. There were riots and Fargod cultists were beaten up. And then, in December 3304, barely six months after the unrest about the Fargod cult had started, the anthropologist Getha Nokonkwo, working with the exotheologian Dr. Alfred Ulyanov, published an expose. Okonkwo had lived with the Fargod people, and he had found out where all those missing people had been going. The Fargod cult had built two new settlements in Attain, the Prophet on planet 4A and the Sanctum on planet 4C. These settlements had vast cryogenic chambers under them, where the Far God believers planned to wait in an icy stasis until the Far God came to dispense justice to the galaxy. In what they seemed to have believed acts of kindness, the cult members had taken along a, a number of homeless people and a federal spy, all of whom were put into the cryogenic chambers. In a terrible irony, both sides were shortly after attacked by Thargoids, and most of those in the sleep chambers never woke up. Perhaps that's what they would have wanted. Federal agent Nathan Summers was never recovered, but those searching for him found 17-year-old runaway Kiona O'Connor alive and reunited her with her parents. In any case, the reason for the disappearance is understood with the hate speech of the Church of the Eternal Void banned, and with Juanita Bishop's bid for Congress failing, the federal government eventually got a grip and returned to a position where the Far God cult was tolerated. It was, however, never an easy truce. In 3307, the Fargod cult became mysteriously motivated into building three new megaships. One, the Testament, 
would recruit new acolytes. The second, the perdition, would take all the miserable souls who didn't think they had any chance of surviving the apocalypse on a cruise to meet the Thargoids and their doom. The third, the sacrosanct, was full of the high-up folk of the cult, the ones who believed that they'd be made into Thargoids when the galaxy came to an end and would fly forever with the Far God. So it must have come as a bit of a letdown when it turned out they'd been conned by the imperial terrorist group, the Neo-Marlinist Liberation Army, into concealing master bombmaker Theta-7. And it must have been even worse when he blew the sacrosanct up, killing everyone on board. Following the events in HIP 22460, with Salvation failing to crush the Thargoids and, in fact, exactly the opposite happening, the Thargoid cult didn't win any friends when they celebrated the Thargoids' glorious victory over humanity and prophesied that the Thargoid will soon become manifest, with the inevitable smiting and apocalyptic outcome. A mysterious new figure, calling herself the first apostle of the true chapter had established a new sect within a sect on board the testament. The gloomy fatalists of the perdition still seem their normal gloomy selves, but the true chapter aboard the testament have a bit more vim and vigour. Rather than turning the other cheek, the true chapter vowed to fight back against oppression. And rather than live in a federation where they will be oppressed, the First Apostle has declared that she is searching for a new homeland for the cult. A place with enough space for all the new converts they're expecting. With tensions once again rising rapidly within the Federation, the Fargod cult may have weeks or days to get their people to safety. The Order of the Fargod has experienced the kindness of pilots before, when they appealed for Thargoid relics to worship, and when they appealed for help building their megaships. If they make another appeal, perhaps to set up a new colony, or to help evacuate their adherents from persecution in the Federation, will you help them? And that's this week's Fargod News. Fargod News, we worship the Thargoids, so you don't have to. Bar none. We buy any ship. Bar none. Any model, any colour, any shape, any size. We buy any ship. Bar none. We here at We Buy Any Ship Bar None are ready to take your excess space travel vehicles off your hands. No more negotiating with dodgy space station vendors. We'll simply give you an estimated quote online. Then, when you get here, we'll point out all the little dints and scratches that make the price get smaller and smaller before we actually give you any money. And the beauty is... We take any ship. We buy any ship. Bar none. Terms and conditions apply. We buy any ship excludes trading in any of the following vehicles. Ada, Anaconda, Asp, Bama, Cobra, Constrictor, Cruisers, Eagle, Falcon, Gecko, Griffin, Gear, Harris, Harrier, Hawk, Kestrel, Crate, Lanners, Lifters, Lions, Mantis, Merlin, Moray, Osprey, Panther, Puma, Python, Saker, Sidewinder, Skeet, Spar, Stowmaster, Tearsall, Tiger, Transporter, Turner, Viper, Wyvern, or any Imperial or Thargoid vessels.